0: Let's go on to God's word this morning. Shall we turn our Bibles to 2nd Peter and chapter number 1 and we read verses 1 to 10. 2nd Peter chapter number 1 verses 1 to 10. Verse 11 also. Praise the Lord. The passage that we read is 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 1 to 11. Um, To title this morning's message, the whole passage actually simply speaks of the preciousness of life itself. How the Lord has considered our life so precious. He has done everything for us. There's nothing that has come to us all by ourselves, all that we are and all that we have become is because of him and because he has considered our life very precious. Very often, we don't value our own lives. We don't value the lives of people around us. The world does not value people. We see um, in the world outside the brutality with which people treat one another. They even, uh, uh, you know, do things that are so unbecoming of even animals. Cruelty that even animals don't do, human beings do. It's because the preciousness of life has been lost, the value of life. They do not value themselves They do not value their own neighbors. They don't value their families. They don't value anything in this life. And so because of this lack of value and worth, you see these kind of sins, these kind of acts of crime, acts of violence and brutality that you see in the world today. And only when a person comes to Jesus they will discover that they have been valued very much. They will realize and learn about their own worth, the way the God who created them has valued them. They would discover their identity. They will discover who they are in relationship with this God who made them. And when they discover that, then they begin to value their own lives and what God has done for them and out of which will come the value and the worth of that will be assigned, that they will assign to each other. And the way they would treat one another will depend upon this relationship that they will have with this God who, who created them, as they realize, as they come into this relationship, and they realize what has happened to them. And this morning, that's exactly what we're going to look at uh, in this portion of scripture, to just see how God has bestowed on us so graciously, such precious gifts, that we don't deserve. And we begin to realize how God has valued our lives. We begin to realize, the more we realize how he has valued our lives, we begin to value him. We begin to worship him. We begin to stand in awe of him. We just begin to uh, live that life, the kind of life that is worth the way he has valued our lives. Look at this in 2 Peter Passage we read, Peter is writing to the Jewish church. You will also find that he's recalling the letter that he wrote first. And so when you look at the first letter in chapter one and verses one to one and two, you will find he's writing a letter to God's elect strangers in the world, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatius, Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God. And father through the sanctifying work of the spirit for obedience of Jesus Christ and sprinkling by his blood. So he's writing to the, to God's elect, strangers in the world, scattered. So these are letters that are normally called as circular letters. These are not written to just one person or just to one church. But these are written to a group of churches, to God's people everywhere. And he's writing to them and he speaks about the way that God has bestowed his gifts on them. And through this we will realize how our lives are so precious. He says from verses 3 onwards, His divine power has been given us, has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his glory and goodness. He has given us resources to live. He has given us resources to live a godly life, a holy life. He's made us holy. It's talking about his saving grace. It's talking about the grace that has been extended to us where he has made us to be his children. He has made us to be his own. He has delivered us from the clutches of the enemy. He has delivered us from the powers of darkness. He has delivered us from the strongholds of Satan. He has taken us out of the pits of hell, from the pit of sin. He's cleansed us, sanctified us and made us holy, and made us to be his children. The call that God has given to us is to be his children. And you find here, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. He has amply supplied us with the resources that we need to all that we need for life and for godly living. These are precious resources. He has considered our lives so worthy, so valuable, even though it was not worthy, even though our lives was not worth anything, even though our lives were worth punishment and eternal damnation in hell, even though our lives were worth to be uh, be assigned to the grave, to be assigned to curse. Even though our lives were good enough, were not good enough at all to receive his grace and mercy, his goodness has come. His goodness has been extended to us. He's been kind, he's been good, he's been compassionate on our lives. That's why this morning you and I are seated here in the presence of the Lord because of his goodness, because of his grace, because he counted our lives precious and so he's given us the resources to live this life. All that we need for life and godliness has been given to us. All that we need for life. Very often there are people who are, who constantly have a quest for something to fill their lives with, something that they see in their lives that they lack. And very often it's based on what they see in other people's lives. They see something that is available. There's something that is present in some people's lives. They see the money. They see the wealth. They see the greatness. They see the fame. They see the glory. They see the uh, external grandeur of their lives. They see the connections they have. They see the positions they hold. And they're looking for that. And They're seeking for that. They're seeking for something. And very often, they don't find what they're seeking. And even if at all they find what they're seeking, they are at a point where they have got what they wanted and it's still empty within. It's still empty. There is still a vacuum. There is still an unrest within. There is still a peacelessness within. And, And it is only when Jesus comes into a person's life They are amply supplied with all the resources that they need for this life and godliness. And only when a person receives the life of Christ and only when their lives become godly, they truly are living their lives. Otherwise, the life is empty. Even though they exist, they don't live. Even though they exist, it is as if they're as good as dead. That's why you see the blankness on the faces of people. Haven't you seen people? The faces are so blank. You can see the darkness that is over their faces. You can see that it is so, it's not the color of the skin. But you can see darkness in their lives. You can see the darkness in the house. If you go visit their place, you will see darkness. You can touch darkness. It's so thick that it's, it's even, you can even touch it. The words that come out of their mouth speaks of the emptiness and the vacuum that is inside. Nothing they speak makes sense. Nothing they speak has any value or worth. Nothing they say or their opinions about life or the way they look at the world is all empty. You find an emptiness a vacuum. But only when the spirit of God comes into a person's life, their life is filled. And when their life is filled, their life is satisfied. And they have all of the resources that is needed for life and godliness. That is when the person comes alive. Only when the spirit man within the person comes alive. When the spirit of the Lord comes and fills a person. And the spirit of the person comes alive. And until then the person is dead. But the good thing this morning is that you and I have received resources that are needed for life and godliness. And we've been amply supplied with them. Hallelujah. Not a bare supply, but ample supply. Hallelujah. Amen. In this world, if you want some resource, you will get some bare resources. Just good enough to make make two ends meet. But when God supplies your need, he amply supplies them. And the Bible says that he has amply supplied you with all that you need for life and godliness. The Bible says his divine power has given us everything we need. Everything we need for life and godliness. Everything that you need. What do you lack in your life? What are you seeking for? What is the longing? What is the emptiness? Is there a vacuum? Is there something that you're looking forward to? Is there something that you're lacking? All that you need, all that you lack has already been supplied and amply supplied. It is all in Christ. It is all in Jesus. It is all in this relationship. You have a source that you can tap into, but the way you tap into that source is when you come into this relationship with this God who made you and I, in whom is all this divine power and he has supplied all that you need for life and godliness. Amen. Hallelujah. It comes through his saving grace. It is It comes through the salvation that you've received and that has come to us by grace. We have received it freely. As for nothing we pay a price. For nothing we pay a price. For all that we need in this world, for all that we need for life, for all that we need for godly living, he has paid the price. Hallelujah. Jesus has paid the price and because Jesus has paid the price, you just have to come tap into that source. And you have unlimited resource that is granted to you for every circumstances of life, whether it is a financial need, whether it is an opposition of the devil, whether it is a, whether it is an emotional problem, whether it is a family problem, whether it is a relational problem, whether it is a problem, a situation in your workplace, whether it's a challenge by someone who is doing evil and plotting evil and planning evil against you, whether it is something that, you know, you are stuck into a situation that has taken you captive, whatever be it, you have ample resource into which you can tap into and that is Jesus, his divine power. Hallelujah. There is a divine power that is at work in our lives. Hallelujah. There is a divine power to which you have access to. There is a divine power to which you can tap into all the time. All the time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a divine power that you can leverage. There's a divine power that is at your disposal. There is a divine power that is, you know, available to you. Why do you want to look at something else? Why do you want to seek for somebody else? Why do you, where are you looking for help? Where, whom are you looking to for help? For what are you looking for help for? You have a divine power that is available. An unlimited resource, an ample supply of resources, precious resources, which has come to us through the saving grace of our Lord Jesus. He has given us his divine power, has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him, who called us by his own glory and goodness. He's called us by his own glory, by his own greatness of who he is, and the magnanimity of his love that is displayed to us through his goodness. He's very magnanimous. He's not looking at our faults and saying, oh, on such and such a day, you did this. On that day, you did that. At that place, you did this. And this is a false thing that you spoke. And this is a lie that you spoke. And this is a pride that you had. And he didn't look at all of this and stop his grace and withhold his goodness. But because of all of this, he knows that we cannot save ourselves from all of that. And we cannot supply ourselves with resources that are needed for this life. And so he has extended his goodness to our lives. Hallelujah. Knowing that with all of that, the baggage that we carry, with all of the garbage that we have accumulated, with all of that trash that has come into our lives, he knows that we can't make it through this life. And so he extends his goodness to us. Hallelujah. 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 And so he extends his goodness to us. By his divine power, he comes to us and he says, take it. Here is all that you need for life and for godliness. Tap into me. Come to me. Hold on to me. He has considered us, our lives, very precious. Hallelujah. 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 Brother, sister, it is heartbreaking to see that people do not have the resource or they could not find the resource for life and godliness on time and at the needed point in their lives. And so they could not handle their needs of life and so they gave up on life. And you find a news report that says such and such a person killed himself or herself. But you and I have the resources that we need. How much should we be grateful this morning because we were not at that point where we said, there is no resource for me, for me to live in this life anymore, for me to continue on this journey of life anymore. We have never come to this point to say that I am in such a desperate need that I can't handle any more of this life. Thank God that we didn't break down at that point. Hallelujah. But probably it was at that point that Jesus met us and extended us goodness to us. Hallelujah. If His goodness had not reached out to us at that point, just imagine what could our life and the plight of our life could have been if Jesus did not intervene at that very strategic moment. Hallelujah. If Jesus did not intervene in our lives and probably in the lives of your parents, probably in the lives of your grandparents at that very important, crucial moment of life, if Jesus did not intervene, the enemy would have simply devoured our lives. But because Jesus intervened, he stepped into our lives We found the resource for life and godliness. And so we have been able to overcome every work of the enemy, every deed of darkness, even though we had the baggages, even though we had collected a lot of trash through all of the sinful acts and the wrong choices that we made in our lives. We were able to let go of them. We were able to step out of them. We were able to get rid of them. And we were able to move forward because there was an ample supply of all that was needed for life that was given through his divine power. It was supplied. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's why we, could, we are able to stand up. That's why we are able to stand this morning. That's why we are who we are today. Because Jesus intervened in our lives. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. This morning you have an ample resource of supply, of all that you need. His divine power is able to give you everything that you need for life and godliness. And look at also in Titus in chapter number 3. Scroll back a few pages and you will find Titus, Thessalonians and Timothy and Titus. In chapter 3, and we we read verses 1 to 7, remind the people to be subject to rulers. I'm sorry, 3 onwards, 3 to 7. At one time, you, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. You saw the baggage, you saw the trash, you saw the garbage there. Amen. You find that in verse 3. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God as Savior appeared, He saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior so that having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. We have become heirs justified by grace. You know the meaning of the word justification, it means like we have not done that wrong at all. We, we are brought to a place, even though we have been at fault, we have been sinful, we are born in sin, we, we lived a life of sin, but we are justified. It means that our sinful life has been taken away and a clean shit has been given. We've been acquitted of all the faults and said you can go free. You don't have to pay a penalty for all the crime that you have done, for all the sins that you have committed, for all the wrongs that you have done. We've been justified by His grace. And having been justified by His grace, look at this in verse, uh, verse number seven. So that having been justified by His grace, we might become hairs. 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 We have become hairs having the hope of eternal life. A hair inherits everything from his father a legal heir is a one who is a, a, is a one who receives all of the inheritances of the father we've been made heirs we've been made his sons and daughters we've been made his children hallelujah brother sister your position in Christ is that you are a child of god And as a child of God, you are entitled for every blessing. You are entitled for everything that he has. All that belongs to him belong to you. That's what the father of the prodigal son told the eldest son who was in the father's house. The, The younger son stole away everything that of course rightly would come to him as a heir, as a son one day. But he wanted to grab it before time, and he ran away from the house and squandered all his wealth. And then he comes back, and the father throws a party and welcomes him, and puts on him a new robe, and and cuts the fat and calf, and put a ring on his finger, and and celebrated and said, "My son was once lost, but now he's found. Once he was dead, but now he's alive." And the elder son, hearing what was going on in the house, the celebration, got so wild at the father and he said I have been slaving for you all these days in your house but not once you've given me the opportunity to enjoy with my friends. And the father looked at the son and said son you didn't get the point. You're my son, you're not a slave. You're my son you're not a servant. You're a son but he didn't get the father's heart. He was in the father's house but away from the father's heart. He was in the father's House as a son, rightfully as a son, but living as a slave. And so he was angry with the father, but the father looked at the son and said, Son, all, don't you know all that I have is yours? Why would you need a party? We are having a party this, this day because your brother who was once lost has now been found, once dead is now alive. And so we are celebrating. But you always have me with you. All that belongs to me, belongs to you. Very often we go to God with a slavish heart. We live like a slave. We talk to him like a slave. We cry to him like a beggar. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, somehow somehow have mercy. Oh, Jesus. You don't have to beg. You're a child of God. Hallelujah. You don't have to cry and beg for some mercy that some fra- some fragments of bread will fall off that table and let me at least get that fragment. No, you are a child of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus said it is not right to take what belongs to the children and toss it to their dogs. Now you and I are no more like that Syrophoenician woman, that Greek woman who is a non-Jewish person, a Gentile who is outside the kingdom, who is outside the covenant, who is outside the kingdom, who is outside the promises of God. You and I have been called Jew and Gentile together as one body, as his children have been called to be with him. As be, have been The doors of the kingdom have been opened to the Gentiles and now we could come in and feast at his table. We don't have to pick up the crumbs that fall from the table. You are called to feast at his table. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You have full access to everything that he owns. Hallelujah. And your father and my father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He owns everything. There's nothing that he cannot do. Amen. Hallelujah. You can go to him and say, Jesus, I believe as I am a child of God and I am your hair. I am your hair. Hallelujah. Amen. I have full access to everything that you have. Healing, deliverance and money and miracles and every blessing that i need for this world a godly life holiness righteous living i have access to everything now hallelujah and here he gives it to me as a gift because i am his child hallelujah praise the lord you can just bask in his grace bask in his love because you are his child. He has made you his child. Everyone who believes in him, he has given them the power to become the children of God, the Bible says. Hallelujah. Everyone who believes in him, he has given them the right to become the children of God. And as the children of God, you have access to everything. In this relationship that you and I have with Jesus, we can tap into every resource that we need. You are never going to be in lack of anything because the one who fills everything in every way is with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You don't have to beg for those crumbs that fall off the table. You don't have to find for some leftovers, some leftover blessings that will be left behind after he had blessed all the good and the great and the godly people and the, you know, the high people of the church. And you're not some kind of a third class citizen who just entered in right now and trying to drag your feet somewhere close to the cross and somewhere close to Jesus and somewhere close to some holy men. But the moment you believed in him, he has given you the access to everything that you need for life and godliness. His divine power is available to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so you can step in in faith and say, Jesus, my father here is what I need here is where I lack here is this is what I desire this is what I dream for dream of these are my dreams these are my expectations these are the goals this is my destiny hallelujah this is what I'm looking for this is what I desire for you for me this is what I want this is what I expect Hallelujah. And he puts you, and he has put you in a place where you have access to everything that you need for life and godliness. All the precious resources that is needed through his saving grace. Yes, once we were that way, we were full of malice and evil and hating and hating one another and being hated. And we had all the sinful passions and pleasures, but now we've been set free completely and have become hares, hairs, hairs. hairs we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You and I as a child of God, we are not saved just for eternal life. We are saved and provided with everything that we need for this life also. Amen. Amen. Some people can get too much caught up with the heaven thing alone. If that was the only purpose why God saved us, then he could have transported us the next moment after we got saved. But there's a life that he has called us to live. And there are some people who are on this extreme, who are only looking for the things of this world from the word of God. But he has given us both. A life to live in this world and an eternal life also. Amen. We are amply supplied with with resources that are needed for this life. And also for the world to come. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want you to know that you are well taken care of. I said you are well taken care of. Hallelujah. You know what it is to be well taken care of? You know what it is to be well taken care of? Your bills are paid. Amen. Your food is on your table. You have a place to stay. Amen. Hallelujah. You have a joyful life to live. And then you have, you want to go shopping. And that's also taken care of. Hallelujah. Amen. What do people want to do after they've done everything? They want to have some good time. Everything that is needed to have a good time is also amply supplied. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God wants you to have a good time in this life also. He doesn't want our lives to be miserable and pathetic. He doesn't intend for our lives to be sorrowful and always, you know, down and dry and empty and lacking and always never having anything. He wants our lives to be well blessed. Hallelujah. Amen. That's God's intention. He doesn't get any pleasure out of making you, you know, be weeping and crying and wailing and wanting and hungry and thirsty and lacking and naked. He doesn't enjoy and that's no holiness or great godliness. Yes, in this world we will have suffering and we will suffer for Christ for the sake of his name. But God God intends and has provided all that we need and his divine power has given to us all that we need for life and godliness. Quickly, let's move on to verse 4 of 2 Peter chapter 1. Come back to 2 Peter and chapter number 1. Verse 4, Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises. You see, the promises are precious. He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them, you may participate in His divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. And so now that he has amply supplied us with all that we need because of his saving grace, he also has a grace that has extended to us, not just to save us from sin, but to protect us from falling back into sin. He protects us, he keeps us from falling. You will find that also in verse number 10. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure for if you do these things, you will never fall. It's possible to fall away from the grace of God. It's possible to fall away into sin. Fall back into sin. Fall back and lose the resources and lose the divine power that is made available to us. To lose, lose the position of a sonship. To become a prodigal son. It's possible. And many have... Uh, Because of the love of this world, they have lost their faith. The Bible says, they have shipwrecked their faith, the Bible says. It's possible to shipwreck our faith. It's possible because of the love of this world, we can lose our relationship and our intimacy with God. But God has provided for us in Him, a protection also. A protecting grace, not just a saving grace to save us from sin, but a grace that will protect us and carry us through and you find that in 2 Peter in Chapter 1 and verse 4, through these he has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. As we come and tap into these promises, as we come and tap into this relationship that we have with the Lord, what happens is that He's given us the power and the privilege to participate, to have access into His nature. The nature of Christ comes into us. Jesus enters into our lives the moment we are saved, and then He begins to sit dwell within us. His spirit dwells within us, reside within us and he begins to do an internal work within us constantly. He's constantly transforming us to become like Christ. He's constantly working in our lives, convicting us of our sin and helping us to overcome sin. He's constantly renewing our minds and the word of God renews our mind and through the renewal of our minds, we get transformed in our lives. We grow from holiness to holiness, from righteousness to righteousness. The sins that we used to do, we don't do them anymore. The struggle with temptations that we had before, we don't have with the, those temptations. The struggle with those temptations anymore. The way we used to fall and rise, we don't fall and rise anymore because there's a grace that has been given to us that protects us, that keeps us from falling. It gives us a grace to have access to His divine nature, not just His divine power that supplies everything that we need for life and godliness, but there's an access to a divine nature also that is imputed into us graciously. Hallelujah. Brother, sister, you're not controlled by the sinful nature anymore. You're controlled by his divine nature. There's a divine nature that has been imputed. It's like a doctor who gives an injection. There's an imputation, an impartation of his nature that God gives to us Hallelujah. You're no more operating out of your sinful nature. You're operating out of his divine nature. Sin does not have its mastery over us. It does not make us a slave to, our, to sin again because now we become his child. Because the bondage of sin, the mastery of sin, the power of sin over our lives has been broken on the cross of Calvary. Hallelujah. Come on, you need to believe this this morning. I'm speaking to you from Romans chapter 6. The the power of sin has lost its power on your life. and That's why the sins that you used to do, you don't do them anymore. The way you used to live, you don't live anymore. The lifestyle you used to have, you don't live anymore. The choices that you used to make, you don't make them anymore. The way people of the world make their decisions and their choices, you don't make them. It's not because you are a good person. It's because the divine nature has been imputed into us. Hallelujah. It's been imparted to us. And so that's the protection that we have because we are no longer under the nature of sin. We are under the nature of God. The nature of Christ has taken control of us. Hallelujah. The more and more you begin to understand this and the more and more you come to an awareness and a knowledge of this and the more and more you begin to believe, you will begin to operate out of it. That's why Peter is writing here. Your life is precious. You've been amply supplied for life and godliness. For godly life, He's given you His divine nature. An access and an escape. An access to His divine nature. His divine nature is operating in our lives. And so that's why we can't stand injustice. That's why we can't stand unrighteousness. That's why we can't tolerate lies. That's why we can't accept pride. That's why we hate evil. Hallelujah. There's one thing we hate and which God also hates. That is evil. Amen. You begin to think like God. You begin to act like God. You begin to have the mentality, the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. Our mentality changes. We begin to be generous with people. We begin to be kind. We begin to be compassionate. We begin to be uh, you know, forgiving. Why? Because there's a generous gift of the divine nature that has been given to us generously. Hallelujah. He has not withheld himself. He has imputed this divine nature. And so the way you function is not at a human level, at a divine level hallelujah, with his mind, with his heart. You begin to carry his nature. You begin to talk like him. You begin to think like him. You begin to reflect like him. Your perspective of life, your perspective of the world, your perspective of evil, everything shifts. You begin to function like God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The divine nature, you have access, you've been imputed and also through that you escape and escape the corruption in the world. Caused by evil desires. We live in a corrupt world, but the corruption does not affect us. The corruption does not overcome us. The world is corrupt. The world is sinful. The world is evil. The world is full of sin. The world is full of lies. The world is full of bitterness. It is full of hatred. It is full of violence. It is full of all kinds of injustice. Even those who have to uphold justice, even those who uphold have to uphold righteousness, even those who suppo- are supposed to be just and, you know, and right, they have a sinful nature operating in them and so they can never be right and just. They can never be absolutely right and absolutely just because there is a sinful nature they operate with. But for you and I, we have the justice and the righteousness and the goodness which is unique, which has been given to us by God. Hallelujah. However a great righteous man might be in this world where everybody might applaud him and say he's very righteous, he's still a sinful man operating out of a sinful nature. Hallelujah. But you and I are operating out of a divine nature. Amen. Hallelujah. You are operating out of a divine nature and you escape the corruption. That person, however good he might be, does not escape the corruption in this world. At some point, he will fall. At some point, his corruption will show up. At some point, his corruption will manifest. At some point, the corruption in this world will overtake him, will overwhelm him. And sometimes you wonder, why these people, he was good only. But when did he also become like this? Because his sinful nature is operating in him and there is a corruption that is in the world that affects him easily. He cannot escape. He has no way of escape. But for you and I, the Lord says, he makes a way of escape when we are tempted. Hallelujah. There is an enabling grace that enables us to escape. My soul escaped out of the snare, out of the fowler's snare. The Psalmist King David says, My soul escaped like a bird. My soul escaped like a bird out of the snare of the fowler. He put a snare to catch. He put a snare to trap. But my soul escaped like a bird. Hallelujah. You fly away like a bird when corruption comes to envelop you. When corrupt people come to influence you, you don't buckle under pressure. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, you have the strength to say no. He gives you the, enables you to overcome temptations. It's a saving grace and the enabling grace of God that protects you from sin and the corruption and the evil in this world. He counts you precious and he gives you his grace every day. And remember, he give, this grace is available all the time, 24-7. It's not only available in church. <laughs> it's not just available when you pray. It's not just available only when you read the Bible alone. It's not only during those times. It's available everywhere when you walk on the street. It's available in your school. It's available when you're in your workplace. It's available when you get an unnecessary call. It's available when you're in a place when you're surrounded by evil people. It's available all the time when you are just about to fall. The enabling grace of God causes you to escape out of that corruption. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That is the grace of God. Depend on the grace of God. Depend on the grace of God. Believe in the grace of God. Tap into the grace of God. Be sure that I am a hair, a child of God. And so I have been given this grace. All that I need, the divine power is amply supplied for my life and godliness. And I'm participating in his divine nature. And sinful nature has no control over my life. And so I'm free from this bondage of sin. I'm free from the guilt of sin. I'm free from the condemnation of sin. I'm free from the power of sin. And as I participate in this divine nature, I'm being transformed. I escape from every temptation. I escape from every temptation. Hallelujah. Don't think, because the Bible says that even if a righteous man falls seven times, he will rise up. Don't think that you may also have to fall. There's no other way. But the Bible says, to him who is able to keep you from falling. The one who is able to keep you from falling. Many people fall into sin, fall into temptation. And so they become guilty. And the guilt overcomes them. And because they are guilty and because they have not realized it, they have a grace that enables them. And they are no longer under the power of sin. And because they don't realize they are not under the power of the sinful nature. And they don't realize that they have the divine nature working in their lives. They don't have the strength and the faith to overcome. What strengthens you, what gives you the power is the revelation of the word of God. It's a word that gives you the power. And this word that we are meditating even this morning will strengthen you, hallelujah, to live an overcoming life. Hallelujah. Will give you the power, will give you the divine nature that you need to escape the corruption that is in this world that you will not be affected by it. You may have to sign papers that you don't agree with, but you will not be influenced by those corrupt practices and those corrupt, corrupt influences and the corrupt, you know, uh, uh, the pressures that come upon you. In a workplace, you may have to say some white, you know, white lies. You may have to convince the customer, which means you will have to tell some lies and make him to believe or something. That's what it means when the manager says to the marketing officer, convince the customer somehow. It means tell some lies and sell it. Convince the customer. You will not be influenced by the corruption of this world. Hallelujah. You will not be trying to convince some people by some half-truth and half You What you say yes will be yes and your no will be no. Hallelujah. Your yes will be yes and your no will be no. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You begin to have a free life, escaping the corruption of this world. But it is not just automatic. It is not just automatic. Look at verse number 5 to 10. For this very reason, for this very reason, you and I have a responsibility. What is that? Make every effort. Hallelujah. It's not just by our own power. It's not just by our own strength. It has been provided for you already. But also there is a participation. There is a cooperation from our side that is necessary with him. He gives you the grace. He gives you the strength. What you can't handle. What you can't do. What you can't overcome. What you can't refuse for. What is difficult for you. He gives you the grace. He gives you the power. And you can sometimes come back and say, I don't know how I said that that I will not do this wrong thing. And he also accepted. I thought he will not accept that he will not like if I refuse to do something wrong and what they expect. But I said, no, I can't do this. And they also accepted it. Wow. Oh, that's where you escape the corruption. Hallelujah. I don't even know. I don't even know how I said it. I don't even know how I escaped it. I don't even know how I overcame it. I used to fall for it, but I don't do it anymore. Hallelujah. That's a grace. Has anybody recognized such grace in your life? At any time? That you felt you escaped. You felt that you were, you could have, you were prone to fall, but you did not. I don't know how I did not. I don't know how I didn't fall. That's grace. Grace. Hallelujah. But at the same time, you can't take the grace for granted. There's also will, a choice, a freedom that God has given to us to choose. And so he says, make every effort. Come in alignment with that grace. Come in alignment with that truth. Come in alignment with what God is expecting and make every effort to do what? Make every effort, verse 5, to add to your faith. Oh, now you have this faith. You got this faith, right? I believe this morning everybody's got that faith on the grace of God. Amen. That he has saved me, that he has given me the divine power for life and godliness. He's given me his divine nature for living a holy life. To escape corruption, you have that faith right now. On that grace of God, he gives me the strength. He gives me the grace. He gives me the grace. He enables me. You believe that, that's your faith. Now add to that faith. Make every effort. You got this faith right now. Now add to that faith. What? Faith, goodness. Now you need to be good also. You can say, oh, I believe and be bad. Now do your faith, goodness, be a good person. Extend goodness to others, goodness. And to goodness, knowledge, knowledge of the word of God, knowledge and awareness about the sins of this world and the way the world functions and all of the corruption. have grown your knowledge of God, grown your knowledge of word of God. Add your goodness, goodness, knowledge. And to knowledge, self-control. We need to also exercise self-control. For a man who has always been a drunkard, it might be very difficult for him to go past a Tasmac shop. The moment he smells it, he may not be able to cross over to the other side. And so he may have to cross the road and go the other side. Amen. Maybe there are a set of friends who influence us strongly. Maybe there are certain circumstances that easily make us prone to sin we may have to take some efforts to exercise self-control. Maybe someone has been addicted to pornography may have to put in some safeguards. Maybe have to put the computer in the living room and not in the bedroom. Not in a corner spot, but in a public place where everybody can see the screen. Self-control, exercise self-control in whatever areas where we have to exercise self-control, we may have to, we may have to ask God, of course. And at the same time, we also need to take effort. Oh, we, we said, oh, I blew it this time. Next time, Lord, I don't want to blow it. I blew the fuse. You know what is blowing the fuse? The fuse blows up, it sparks. I blew the fuse. I don't want to blow the fuse next time. Amen. Make every effort to your faith, to add your faith, goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, persevere. Keep trying. Even if you fail, that's where the righteous man falls seven times. He will still persevere, persevere. Keep pushing. Keep trying. Keep, go after it. Pursue it. Pursue holy life, pursue good life, pursue righteousness, pursue justice, pursue holiness. Amen. Persevere, push, try, hold on to it. Don't give up. Just because you tried once and failed, don't give up. Persevere. Even if you failed once, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. And if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. If somebody is not on this journey, intentionally pursuing righteousness, pursuing, you know, making every effort, adding to their faith and increasing in all of these areas. If they are not growing in this, they are nearsighted and blind and they've forgotten they've been cleansed from their past sins. They've forgotten that they are a child of God. They've forgotten that they are believers. They've forgotten that they are Christians. They've forgotten that they are a child of God. They've forgotten of what God has done in their lives. They've forgotten of the transformation they've experienced. They've forgotten of the grace of God. They've forgotten everything. They've rejected everything. Hallelujah. And so here is an empowering grace. I talked about the saving grace, the enabling grace of God. And here's the empowering grace of God. He empowers us. And as you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. He makes us to be productive and effective in our lives. Hallelujah. There's a direct connection, hear me well, there's a direct connection between our effort to growth in our spiritual walk with the Lord to becoming Christ-like and our fruitfulness that comes through our knowledge of Him. There's a direct connection between your pursuit of growth to the extent you grow, to the effort that you put in to grow to the way that you rely on the grace of God and experience and allow his grace to work in your life and allow his divine power to work and allow his divine nature to engulf your life and make every effort to add to faith goodness and godliness and, and brotherly kindness and persevere in that to the extent you are pursuing growth personally, inwardly, within your life as a person, you focus on yourself. To the extent you do that, to that extent you will see effectiveness and productivity. Effectiveness and productivity. Amen. Hallelujah. You will, you will begin to see a direct connection between both of these. We all want to be effective and productive. We all want to see good results. We want to see blessings. We want to see good things happening in our life. We want to do things that are amazing. We want to serve the Lord. We want God to use us. We want to do many things for the Lord. But how can you be effective and productive when you're making every effort to grow within becoming transformed to becoming Christ-like, escaping from the corruption of this world and adding to our faith godliness and goodness and brotherly kindness and love and persevering in that. The more you're focusing on yourself and your personal transformation in your life, you'll begin to see effectiveness and productivity on the other side. Hallelujah. 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 You will see your life becoming very fruitful. The outcomes of your life will be very glorious. The outcomes of your life will be very unique. The outcomes of your life will be very, uh, you know, really unimaginable. You would have, It's not just in proportion to your knowledge. It's not just in proportion to how much you've studied. It's not just in proportion to what you've earned, the money that you have, the bank balance that you have. It's not in proportion to the earthly resources that you can muster together. It's in proportion to the way you are growing within in your relationship with the Lord. To that extent, you begin to see outcomes in your life. Hallelujah. You begin to see growth on the other side. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Your wisdom, your knowledge, your capacities, your potential, the, the favor of God on your life, the people whom God brings, who makes Uh, to come into your life and show favor upon your life, you will begin to see many things just following you, coming after you, chasing you. Hallelujah. Even last week, I turned down an invitation on something because I didn't have the resource for that. It would cost a lot of money. And they said, would you, uh, you don't get involved in this kind of ministry? And I said, we don't have that kind of money to take this up. It costs a lot of money. I turned down the resource. Because we didn't have the resource. I said, no, we can't do this. And then, and they said, okay. The next morning, I again get a call and saying, we're going to take care of all that you need. Would you be like to involved in doing this ministry? Amen. Hallelujah. It's not something that you can make up. You can never make up for something that you can do you can never you can never muster up stuff you can never work out things and make your life to grow god will make you to grow hallelujah you grow on one side within you grow in your relationship with him you grow in your life he will make you to grow and flourish on the outside hallelujah He will open opportunities for you. He will bring people in your life. He will give you the resources. He will give you the money that you need. He will take you to places. He will do things in your life. He will cause you to accomplish things. He will fulfill his purpose for your life. Hallelujah. 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 There is something amazing about the grace of God. The grace of God. He considers your life very precious. Hallelujah considers your life very precious. You see, therefore, my brothers, verse 10 and 11, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. This morning we are making our calling and election sure. What am I called for? Why have I been chosen? What is the choice that he has made on my life? We've been making it sure. It's made clear to us. Isn't it clear this morning? Hallelujah, he saved me by grace. He enables me to continue in my walk of faith by grace. He empowers me with his grace to live an effective and a productive life for which I need to be making every effort and persevering. The word of God and the truth of God's word. And adding to faith and, in, and increasingly growing in these areas in increasing measure. And the more and more you grow increasingly in these areas. This morning we made our election and our calling. Sure, the reason why he has chosen us. The, the choice that he has made on our lives. There are millions of people out there in the world. But God has chosen every one of you. Every one of us he has chosen. He, this is your, he's elected you. He has chosen you. He's called you, you're making it clear and certain why he has called me to live a holy life. He has called me to live by his power. He has given me his divine nature and he enables me, empowers me to live a life full of productivity and effectiveness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A life of effectiveness and productivity in incredible ways, incredible ways. Ways that you never imagined, things that you've never done, things that you never worked for, the the things for which you have no experience, things for which you've never learned, you never earned a degree for it, but he will cause you to do it. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. He will cause you to do them. Make my brothers, be all the more eager and make your calling and election sure for if you do these things, you will never fall and you will receive a rich welcome. (laughs) I like that rich welcome. You see, everything about God is rich. I'm not talking about a prosperity gospel, but this is a rich welcome, an honorable welcome, an honor that God would give you into his eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. One day when we see Jesus face to face, you're going to be honored for the way, the quality of life that you lived in this world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's going to look at the quality of life. Some build with hay, stone, stubble, straw and stubble. But some build with gold and silver and precious stones. And when it goes through the fire, whatever has been built with hay, straw and stubble will get burnt out. But whatever is built with gold, silver and precious stones will stand through the test of fire. And it will be richly rewarded. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a reward in this world and there is a reward in the world to come that God will give to everyone for the quality of life that they have lived. And so no matter what happens to you or not, what you know, what happens to other happen, others happens to you or not, the wealth and the blessings that others have come to you or not, don't worry about all of that. Don't worry about what people will think if I have this, if I don't have it, what will others say? Don't worry about all of that. God will make you effective and productive. Tap into his divine nature. Tap into his divine power. And you have an ample supply of all that you need. And you have full access as a heir, as a child of God. And be bold and courageous that even if you fall, that you will rise up and make every effort to continue to persevere a thing for which Christ has taken hold of you for. And he will cause you to live a life of blessing in this world. Hallelujah. And receive a rich welcome on that day when we see Jesus.